I know I'm gonna get got. But I'm gonna get mine more than I get got, though. What is going on, guys? This is the next episode, the new one of Lock It or Leave It. Chaotic week of NBA basketball that we just watched. A lot of stuff that we're gonna talk about, break down. We are recording this like right after the Hawks-Sixers game seven. The Sixers collapse. We'll get into all of that. Let's start off with who I'm here with. I am your host, Jay, as usual, and always joined with my co-host, Cam. What's going on, man? What's up, Jay? Excited for another episode. Huge, huge playoff basketball been going on lately. I've had my heart broken more than once already, and I feel as it's not over yet. I'm excited to watch the rest of these playoffs because we are going to have a new, not one, not winner yet. Somebody's going to get their ring for the first time. And I'm, I'm very excited about that now. So we'll see. Yeah, to think that either Giannis, Trey Young, Devin Booker, or Paul George will be getting their first ring this year is crazy. I think it's great for the league. Get that new wave of players in who are showing that the league is still going to be in good hands when LeBron and KD go. But let's get... To our guest, Chad. Chad, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. I was literally about to go to sleep, and then I got a call. Glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. Let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about all things playoffs that happened. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I may or may not have lost a large sum of money on a next championship future bet. So I changed my approach. Instead of futures, we're going to keep it simple. We're going back to player props, which is why this episode is brought to you by PrizePix. On the site or the app, you can parlay two, three, four, or even five player props to exponentially increase your winnings. And the best part about it, if you go one for two, you get half your money back. If you go three for four, you get one and a quarter times the amount of your entry. Small risk, big reward. PrizePix is the simplest fantasy game on the market. Use code LEAVE for 100% match when you deposit up to $100. And thanks for listening. Back to the good shit. All right, so we're back, and we're going to talk about the Hawks-Sixers game first, man. The Sixers collapse. Really wondering, since the Clippers uh, advanced and the Sixers didn't, we see Doc Rivers was the, the, uh, the dude who kind of weaved those two teams together. We'll see if... Maybe he was the reason there, but it's really weird, man, because for the Sixers team, they keep blowing leads. Things are so easy for three quarters. They're so easy. You move the ball, you drive, you pick and roll, you get into the lane, you throw inside, they double, you throw back out, three, bang, everything is going your way. But then all of a sudden, a screw tightens up, and they just take away one thing, and then your pick and roll is not there. And then they tighten another one up, and the give and go is not there. And then all of a sudden... You're still in that mindset that everything's easy, and then when it gets close, you forgot how you got there. Cam, take me through how the Sixers lost this series and what it looks like for their future because some people are going to be going. I hate to be this guy, and you, as of all people, have been you've been huge on Embiid, the process, like since the beginning of the season. Go back however many episodes we've been. You've been talking about the Sixers since day one, like how this was the year Doc Rivers was going to unlock the tool bag with Embiid, and they were going to get it done this year. 
The problem with the Sixers is Ben Simmons is the problem. He cannot be the second best player on your team. The second best player on your team, other than Embiid, who had a great series, he's also playing hurt too. Got to give him that. But Simmons, when the game is on the line and your second best player can't be on the floor because he can't make his free throws, he shot in the 30s, in the 30s percent from the free throw line in that series, 30s. Your second best player cannot be doing that bad in the playoffs. It's, it's just unacceptable. And it's, it's too hard when it comes down to the end of the line. He is so limited in the half court. He has no half court game. He's great in transition, elite defender, elite playmaker. I'll give him that. He's still a great player. But in the playoffs, it's just it's too, it's too compact of a game. And he, he, can't, he can't lead that team anymore. What do you got to say? Yeah, so for Ben Simmons, he is having his woes. He's playing scared. He's getting rid of the ball quickly because he knows they're going to want to foul him and send him to the line. So what should he do? Keep it out of his hands so that they can't resort to fouling him. And that means that it's mental now. It's not, it's not that he's, he's, he can't shoot free throws. It's that now he knows that they're – it's like when you're playing at the park or you're in the driveway and someone sags off of you and says, shoot it. And it's kind of just demoralizing a little bit where you're like, damn, you really – you're going to give me this shot? You're really going to give me that shot? So it's kind of like that where, you know, it's in his head now. But I think that instead of talking about the Sixers, we should congratulate the Hawks, Chad. Why should we be talking more about the Hawks and this comeback that they made in this series? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they shocked us. For such a young team, they're scary. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, the sheer amount of weapons that the Hawks have is ridiculous. They just have snipers everywhere. They have Danilo Gallinari who can go out and get you 20. Kevin Huerta, we saw... We're just babying Seth Curry the entire night saying, you're going to put this guy on me? I'm 6'7". He's 6'2". He's 6'3". He can't guard me. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to fire. I'll settle for these mid-ranges because I know they're always open looks. As somebody who underestimated the Hawks, because personally I had the Knicks beating them in the, uh, in the first round if, uh, at the beginning of the playoffs. But I got to ask you, Jay, where is Trey Young now on your uh, – current point guard list is does he crack that top five now or where where is he that's a great question i think we might as well just run through it right now i got steph at one i got luca at two are we listing harden as a point guard a healthy james harden yeah in the nets offense kyrie's been playing shooting guards you gotta you gotta list harden as a point guard the the way their offense has been running i guess a healthy james harden mvp who do I, am I, am I putting time, Jamal Murray? I'm, yeah, I'm putting Dame there. You're right. I'm putting time, Dame at right. four. And so I, is, is Trey I think five. Trey, Trey may have to be five right now. Um, and to think that he I made think a, so too. To think he made a leap that big um, from going into this playoffs to now is absolutely ridiculous, man. It's crazy because he's such a chess player. He always always in real time makes a decision after coming off of a screen what he should do. And it's crazy because he's just like a great major league pitcher where his alley-oop passes and his floaters look the exact same. The same way they can make a curveball and a cutter and a slider all off the release point look the exact same, but the ball ends up somewhere else. He can mask, he can hide all of his moves. If you step up and you get trapped for one second, he's going to take advantage of it, man. It's crazy, man. The Hawks do not get rattled. Matisse Steibel had that steal and dunk, huge play of this game. The steal, 
the pass back, the dunk, what happens? The Philly crowd is going crazy. In the blink of an eye, Trey Young advances the ball. John Collins dunk. The right back takes the Hawks' momentum. I think that's a great point you made. And uh, Trey, honestly, in Game 7, he did struggle a little bit, not going to lie. He, I mean... 21 points on 23 shots isn't exactly what you're aiming for, but you got to take into account, like it's a playoff game. Like as a team, the Hawks are averaging like what, like 125 per game, the regular season, they only scored 103 points tonight. Like defense tightens up in the playoffs. We know that, but like, you got to think 10 assists too, for every, like when you're second, when you're second, best playmaker on your team had three I mean the way he creates for his teammates I mean Trey Young his he's made a believer out of me and I love watching that man play ball yeah man absolutely Trey Young should get all the props we got to give Bogdanovich some props you have the veterans Lou Williams Clint Capella he was getting bodied by Embiid but you know what he just kept on playing he never got too rattled never got too nervous and we got to talk about about Red Velvet man Kevin Huerter putting up 27 points. He was, like I said earlier, babying Seth Curry. Like Jack Harlow said, I guess for y'all, it's a, it's a white boy summer going on right now. I don't know what's going on with that. But for the future of the Sixers is what I want to get into. Because right now, if you're that front office, you got to think, well, Joel's made of glass. And we don't know how much longer. Right now, Joel's in his prime. This is the prime of Joel Embiid. You don't know how many years you'll get this prime. I don't think Ben Simmons will be suiting up in a Sixers jersey next season. I'll start with you, Cam, and then we'll go to Chad. What do you think about that? Because he limits their offense so much, maybe he should be better off somewhere, given the mantle with a fresh start. No, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I mean, we are all, everybody's talking about the process and how uh, building around Embiid is, I mean, that's a great idea, but the Sixers man I mean they couldn't get it done against the Raptors when they had Jimmy Butler like it's just like you got to restart the process Ben Simmons is not going to be that guy you got to put Ben Ben Simmons needs to be on a team like OKC or somewhere like somewhere like that where he can like it's not a big playoff team like let him build let him develop his game work on his shooting like don't put he doesn't need to be in the light in like the limelight every single game and with huge playoff implications on the line it's just not a good environment for him what do you think Chad I mean I completely agree uh one thing I must say like like you said it's the first thing you brought up trust the process I feel like I've been hearing that for the past three four years you know it's like the process you know you're running out of money eventually so um it's uh it's not working so change needs to be made that's for sure and the first person I look at like you said uh, ben Simmons, uh, he just needs out of there. Um, you need to get something going. Yeah, and the thing is, Ben Simmons is a three-time All-Star. This isn't some scrub we're talking about. Talk about the fall of a star. It's insane. And what's crazy to me is, think about before the before the playoffs, where people were saying you could do a trade for Ben Simmons for James Harden. Now imagine making that trade you're not getting anywhere near a James Harden type player with Ben Simmons on the trading block. Does Daryl Morey have to kind of swallow his pride a little bit and say, I should have offered more the first time, but I still need to get rid of him. I may take a smaller offer. You were the biggest advocate of you won hard on the Sixers so bad, Jay. And 
they should have done it because Harden and Embiid would have been, they easily beat this Hawks team if you switch out Hart, a healthy Harden. I mean, obviously, like, he got hurt in the playoffs, but, like, we know what he's doing in the regular season. Like, he had a down year, and he averaged 25, 10, and 8. So, I mean, healthy Harden and Embiid, that would have been scary to watch. I mean, they, they beat that Nets team. What do you think, Chad? Uh, it's a good a good point that you brought that up because I want to think, like, Bucks versus a Sixers team with a healthy Embiid and a healthy Harden would be a much better series than what we're going to end up getting, which is Bucks versus Atlanta. You know, I, you know, all props to Atlanta, but you know, they're just not the team that I want to see versing the Bucks. I want, I want, I wanted something, I wanted something better than that, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's always nice to dream about a Harden and B pick and roll at the top of the key. And either one could be put into jail and you have no option. Seth Curry on the wing for James Harden to dish it to, all the weapons they have, but you know what? It didn't happen, so we got to move on. The Hawks advance. They take on Milwaukee on Tuesday. That game one will be crazy, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will discuss the Suns beating the Clippers shorthanded in game one. We'll be right back. Okay, so we are back. New guest just popped up. Well, reoccurring guest, Aaron. What's going on, man? Not much, Jay. I'm having a great day. Uh, after the demise of Kevin Durant last night, we all know how happy I am to see him fail. So let's get into that. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about a different series. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, well, we're not going to go over the Bucks nets right now, but we'll go to the Suns-Clippers game one, do some takeaways, maybe our recap of that. Man, for me, though, it was good. I was looking forward to this series the second that I found out the Clippers won because we saw earlier in the season, the Devin Booker-Paul George regular season trash talk, where they had to be separated because Booker said, you're soft. He said he called him a pussy. He called him a bitch, man, Like, which is crazy to think of because we know what Paul George has done in this league, but we've also seen its collapses. And Book said, you know what? I don't respect you, man. So now seeing them go head-to-head at a certain point in the third quarter, they were trading shots down the stretch, just step back for step back. Booker, Mitty, Paul George, step back three. And you were like, who's going to come up out, come up out on, out on top? And uh, it's crazy, man. Aaron, what are you, some takeaways from that game? If you watched that one, it stood out to you. Yeah, so I did watch the end. And uh, Terrence Mann looked good again. Shout out to him. Big friend of the podcast. Uh, but I think Devin Booker's really arrived. It's, it's proved that his numbers are not empty stats. They can help winning basketball. He just needs the right pieces around him. Cause even without CP three, he was doing it all. He was getting boards. He was getting buckets. He was dropping dimes. I think this guy's can be a focal point of a championship team. I think he's got a very long and productive career ahead of him with multiple rings calling it right now, multiple rings from book. Well, yeah, as we see, it's actually so interesting and I'm happy that we can get on this topic because we see with Veterans now in the league, like Lou Williams and Andre Iguodala, they came from the cloth of AI, early in AI, when they went and they played on the Sixers. And we're now seeing the same thing happening where CP3 is having disciples across the league, where Shea Gilgis picked up some things from CP. Now you have Booker and McHale. Um, You have Cam Johnson picking up these things from CP that even after after he retires, they'll still be able to implement into the league, man. What was interesting to me, like you talked about with Booker, is he's now passing. And when that double is coming, and now when the defense is pulling to him, he's making the right pass. And the second guy is making the extra pass to the corner 
for that open Jay Crowder three, for that open Mikhail Bridges three. This team plays very, very well together. The cohesiveness, the defensive, uh, the defensive uh, detail that they put on is ridiculous. Cam, let me go to you. How do you feel about Booker and the Suns, man? Because right now, without Chris Paul, they, they were still able to grab this ga- uh, game one. First of all, shout out to the better on FanDuel that put three hundred dollars on uh, the on a two teamer on uh, Devin Booker to record a triple double and the Suns to cover. That took some fucking nuts, and uh, yeah, at plus twenty five hundred odds, it should have been way bigger than that. I don't know how like it's, it was that small, but shout out to that man. Number one, number two. I was never the biggest Devin Booker fan. If you go listen to a few of the old podcasts, I used to clown Devin Booker for his lack of defensive effort, but Jay has has had to mince his own words before, so I have to do the same. Devin Booker has made a believer out of me. That man is very, very, very good at basketball. As somebody who, as as you everybody who listens to this knows, not a huge fan of the mid range shot. Devin Booker's mid range game is like that. Let me just say that number one, he is shooting it at a good level. So I mean, I'm I'm 100. If you're over 50 percent from mid range, shoot him as much as you want. But that guy is he is oh man, he was doing it all for that Suns team today. And I mean, gotta get gotta give him the respect. He earned that one. I gotta give a shout out to Booker for just drastically improving the two areas that I slandered him for beginning of the year. I was unsure of his defense and I thought his playmaking just was nowhere to be seen. Um, But the time with Chris Paul has really improved both of those aspects. I know Jay's a huge CP3 fan, CP3 fan for this reason. Um, You look at Booker today, he had 11 assists, two turnovers, great ratio. The playmaking has come so far along with him this year. It's been crazy to see. I think it gives his game, it makes him so much more dynamic. He can do so much more with the ball. And I think that makes him a bigger threat than before by a long shot. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, Devin Booker put on a virtuoso tonight. And I think what people don't understand is when we look back at KD's 45 in a game and LeBron's 45 triple-double, D-Book now has his signature game one where in six years there'll be a kid who's going on YouTube who sees Devin Booker, Game 1 Western Conference Finals, they click on it, and they see him putting up 40, 11, and 13, and they're saying, whoa. And now Devin Booker's a a multi-time champion, or wherever he is in five years from now, they'll be saying, wow, this was one of his signature games that we're witnessing. So I think we have to appreciate what we're seeing in the moment. But instead of talking about the Suns, let's go to the Clippers, man, because, wow, the Clippers' game plan with Ty Lue, it, it was interesting. I thought that their defense in the beginning with doubling Booker allowed for their for, for the Sun shooters to get hot early because they had wide open shots. They were swinging, swinging, finding them in the corner for a wide open practice three. By the time that they stopped doubling Booker, they already were hot. So that meant they had to stick on them. And Booker's one of the best one-on-one scorers in the league. He's going to take his time, get to the elbow, take efficient shots, take shots that he knows how to make. Man, it, it, it's something crazy, man. But for the Clippers, how do they come back in this series, Aaron? And then let's go to Chad. The Clippers, I think it's time for PG to 
either prove that he can be the best player on a championship winning team, or we're going to find out that he can't. I think this is his perfect shot. You know, he's got all the talent around him. CP three is out for the Suns. It all rests on Paul George. If he can go off and carry this team to a ring, he'll be a legend. If not, he'll, I mean, pandemic P has clearly been, uh, been exercised at this point. He's had a great play at else. But can he do it alone or does he need someone else? We're about to find out. I mean, telling me that uh, pandemic P is going to lead my, my team out of the depths and to victory is uh, a worrisome thing, I'll be honest. Um, I think, to be honest, for the Clippers to win this series, they got to get a little lucky. Uh, for them to get this first dub without Chris Paul, I mean, that shows the potential of the Suns. I see them winning it all, to be honest. I, I don't really see a really strong team in the East besides the Bucs. Um, and the Bucs can easily be beaten 100%. And I see the Suns being that team. Yeah, man. Well, if you're the Clippers, it's not the end of the world. It's game one. It's was 36 hours since they played a game seven. They were tired, man. We saw Terrence Mann's mom um, tweet out. She said, you know what? I was tired just looking at them playing tired because you could tell that fatigue had set in after that quick uh, turnaround and getting a game one into a freshly rested young Suns team who was playing physical from the get-go. Thing is, the Clippers only need to steal a, steal one game. If they win game two, this series is tied. They're going back to L.A. And if they go down 2-0, they're still, uh, what, 2-0 in the previous series coming down from that deficit. So we'll see what they do. Aaron, what do you think about that? Honestly, I want to say the, uh, the Clippers didn't play bad in this game. If Devin Booker has an average scoring performance, the Clippers probably win. You know, if he doesn't drop 40 on high efficiency, it's a totally different ballgame. Uh, so I think the Clippers will be okay going forward. I'm not too worried about them. Yeah, well, in the third quarter, we saw that Devin Booker and Paul George at one point both had 33 points. And it got to the point where it was the best player on the court was going to win them that game. And tonight it was Devin Booker. We'll see how it goes for game two, man. We saw that the Clippers were running five-out small ball. They were running a lot of Batum at the five, a lot of Marcus Morris at the five. And their thinking behind that was, let's kind of do the same thing we did in the previous series with Gobert. Let's take their center away from the paint, draw him out to the perimeter, and kind of um, neutralize what he can do on defense because he's so far out on the perimeter. But the thing is, Aiton is not Gobert. Aiton is more agile. We saw Paul George in his postgame say, yeah, it's different. Aiton's a bit more agile. He's more of a presence down low and a better finisher than the other bigs we faced. Kind of a slight to Gobert, the three-time defensive player of the year, saying he's young, but he's still better than you are. Uh, we saw the Clippers only go big a couple of times. That was when DeAndre Ayton stepped out, Sarge came in. That's when they put Boogie Cousins, who came in, gave them some good minutes of, at first and then got in foul trouble and then Big Zoo. But, man, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what they do. Right now, Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann have to be the second and third best player on that team. How do we think they can do in that scenario, Aaron, and then Cam? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, something they're kind of being thrust into, and – I think we're going to find out. I don't think we have enough data yet to really say what it's going to look like, um, but I am very interested to see. 
Cam, what do you think? I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to lose this series. And it's not that I don't believe in Paul George. I mean, you guys, everybody hates on him too much. He's still a good player, but I just I don't think Paul George can be that guy to leak. The Suns team is deep. They're they they play well together. I mean, I Chris Paul is going to come back at some point. Like, there's no way he doesn't play through the rest of the series. And I don't know if Kawhi is. I mean, I think Kawhi with the ACL injuries, like he might be done. And like. I love Terrence Mann. He had a great game the other night, but like, can Terrence Mann be the second best player on this team? Is that enough to get him by the Suns? I don't think so. So, I mean, I, I'm going to ride the Suns on this one. What do you guys think? Well, one thing I want to say, I know you mentioned Terrence Mann having to be the number two. Or... I, I love that for him. I think it's a great opportunity to prove, you know, his potential and, how much he can grow as a player. I think he already did in that last game seven. Um, so uh, I, I just love the opportunity. But again, I just don't think it's enough for them to uh, beat out the Suns. The thing is, we're not asking Paul George or Devin Booker to be the best player on a championship team facing a juggernaut like the Brooklyn Nets or a juggernaut like the Warriors. Every team left has a superstar and then maybe a fringe all-star type player and then role players, you're not asking them to go against the prime LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. The competition is a lot more level, a lot more balanced. Really, now it's about who's going to be the best player in each series. Just to let you guys know, the spread's already dropped for that game. It's, uh, it's Phoenix minus six is what, uh, is what it opened at. So I just wanted to put that out there if you guys think uh, that has any weight. Yeah, well, for me... I'm thinking of maybe putting in a little two-team or two-player two player prop um, on prize picks because I'm kind of thinking about going DeAndre rebounds and then going, uh, going Booker assists, man, because right now I don't know what their, what their game plan is going to be. Uh, like we said, use the code LEAVE to uh, get 100% match on your deposit up to $100. But let's take a quick break, and when we come right back, we'll go and talk about the last thing which we're all waiting for. Don't go anywhere. It's Bucks first Nets. It's KD. We're going to be talking about who sold and who won. Stay tuned. All right, so we are back for the last segment, Bucks first Nets Game 7. Wow, we saw that Kevin Durant had a performance for the ages in Game 5 to put Brooklyn up 3-2 in that series, but then the Bucks won the last two. We saw that KD was gassed down the stretch, man. He did everything he could. We'd see the Brooklyn Nets have a costly turnover, a costly play. Somebody misses a layup. The Bucks go down, get a three. Leads cut down just like that. Or maybe the leads extended just like that. And now KD has to do what? Dribble the ball down, double teamed, catch it at the half court with P.J. Tucker right up in his face, right up in his grill, and somehow have to make magic out of nothing and somehow pull an and one out of his ass for the 10th time in the game he just had to do everything for this team but honestly to me it's poetic justice because he had so much help this man did not sweat in the playoffs since 2016 since 2016 he clearly was going to wash everybody he faced and i don't wish injury on anybody. I hope Harden and Kyrie get completely healthy 
wish him a speedy recovery coming back for the 2022 season. With that being said, Kevin Durant, this is what 60% of the league faces on a seasonal basis. The fact that you have to go through it once does suck. It's not the end of the world. I'll throw it to you, Cam. What are your takeaways from this game? First of all, the only thing that could stop this Brooklyn Nets team is injuries. And it's unfortunate that that's what happened to them. But I will not tolerate any KD slander based on his performance. That man played 53 minutes last night, put his neck on the line so many times. If he is inches away from hitting a three instead of a two and doesn't even go to overtime and he ends the series. So I don't want to hear and he had 48. Come on. Like, what more do you want him to do? Joe Harris went three for 10 hard and shot two of 12 from the three point line. Like, come on, give, I mean, I'm, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up, Aaron. I can already hear you. I can already hear you talking shit, but you can't, you can't put it on KD. That's all I'm going to say. It is what it is. The only thing that can take this Nets team is injuries. And that, and that's what happened. It's unfortunate, but I mean, it is what it is. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, you're right that this loss is not on KD. I, I want to give KD a shout out. Because when faced with adversity, he did not fold. He had one of his best games of the year. He was unstoppable on offense. He played great defense. He was great. He was awesome, no question. Um, but First off, Joe Harris, put some respect on his name, was three of nine from three, which is a respectable percentage and one point per shot, which is not bad at all. Um, so three of ten from the field, the- though, uh, by the way. Just don't forget that. Well, one was a, it was a shot chuck at the end of the shot clock. But, you know. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, this game, seeing KD not have the help after watching LeBron do the exact same thing for years, it felt pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I was uh, I was out at the bars in St. Pete when we were all watching this game. KD airballs the last shot to miss it, and all the emotions just started flowing from everyone there. We got the fuck KD chant going. It was glorious. It was Extremely happy moment for me because Katie deserves it. He deserves it. Great player, but he makes some questionable decisions. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, no one's saying Kevin Durant's a bad person. No one's saying that he doesn't do good things for his community. No one's saying that he's not a um, an advocate for social justice or any of that. We're saying that he hijacked the state of the league for four solid years. And we're finally back to some type of parity. And I'll say this. Harden wasn't 100%. But he had 22-9-9. and In the play of the game for me, this is why the Nets lost. Harden tried the lollygag. What happened? Harden gets a rebound off of steal. Throws it to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gets an and-one dunk. He goes to the free-throw line. Gets the third point. The lead's cut down to two. What happens? They get another stop. Harden gets the ball. Kevin Durant is blazing down, streaking down the sideline, saying, I'm open on a fast break. There's three and a half minutes left. You're up six, Brooklyn. Harden, as an experienced veteran, you say, Kevin Durant, you're an amazing player. I'm holding this ball, and we're getting a good shot on this possession. But what did he do? He tried to launch it to Kevin Durant, where it was just solely Kevin Durant and three other Bucks players around him, and Kevin Durant is not prime Megatron. He could not get that ball. 
It was taken away. What happens? Pat Connaughton, corner three, cut down the three just like that. A five to six point swing just off of boneheaded plays. Boneheaded plays while the Nets lost that game. Kevin Durant did everything he can do. With that being said, which remaining team has the best shot to win it in this playoffs, man? Because we're looking at the looking at the field. Phoenix will get Chris Paul back. The Clippers don't seem to have a timetable for Kawhi's return. Giannis and the Bucks are healthy. And then we have the Atlanta Hawks who are blazing and have a fearless leader in Trey Young. I'll start with you, Cam, and then we'll go to Chad. Who do you feel like is going to come out on top and hoist that Larry O'Brien trophy uh, at the end of the season? Personally, I'm going to have to ride with the Bucks. I want, I'm a big Giannis guy. I want to see Giannis win a ring. And if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it's ever going to happen. This is his best chance to win it. There's nobody really in his way. They're the best team left. If it's going to happen, it's this year. Go Bucks. Go Giannis. I, he deserves that ring. I was rooting for the Bucks to win this past series, but uh, I will never root for them to win the finals. I personally hate Giannis. I think you swept he is, your heat. That's why you're yeah. salty. But okay. Anyway. I, uh, I personally hate Giannis. I think he is hot garbage. Um, if we were giving him right away uh, cooking hot ass awards, in my opinion, it's Giannis. He's trash. Give it a hard in two. That man is not very good. Um, I I believe the Suns will win it, and that is my team. That is my pick. I love it. I- I'm going to have to kind of agree with Chad there because the Bucks. I just don't think Giannis should be rewarded for being such a one-dimensional player. Um, I get it. He's kind of the Shaq of our generation. He's kind of that slimmer big man who still gets it, but he has no bag. He has no Duffy whatsoever. We saw the play where he was at the free throw line, just crossing back and forth, going between his legs, and Blake Griffin's like, bro, I dare you to shoot it. I dare you. So he said, okay, okay, let me get a running start. He backs all the way out to the logo, stutter steps, tries to go in, Blake puts his hand on the ball, jump ball, just like that. It's because he's so predictable. He's so predictable. But we're seeing with Giannis where if he's going to the free throw line and he's missing it a foot short, a foot short, I just don't think that type of player should be rewarded with a championship ring. But then again, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass because we saw Shaq do things like that. Okay, he had 40-13-5 last night on 24 shots. So put some respect on Yas's name. The man averaged 33-13 and 13 in that playoff series against the Nets. If Cooking hot ass, Chad's a casual. Don't let him get to you, number one. Let me just say that. Aaron, you go ahead. I'm going to let you uh, hop in here. So I want the Suns to win. They're, I like them. They're fun. But I got to go with Milwaukee, too. I have to. I mean, Giannis, you don't need a big bag when you've gotten so good at the small bag you have that you've become dominant. And even if they foul him, he's shooting 58% from the line. 1.16 points per shot is very efficient offense. So even his worst aspect of his game right now is still super efficient. And he has some shooters around him that are playing pretty well. I got to go with the two-time MVP here. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, man. Giannis doesn't have a duffel bag. He's a coin purse. We've been over this before. He has a tiny little satchel that he can dip into and pull out his ID, his uh, his AT&T credit card, his AARP, 
thing that he's trying to get. But other than that, he's not getting anything. The thing that I want to focus on is the role players. Not even the role players, but the secondary stars, the Drew Holidays, the Chris Middletons, where we saw in the first half Chris Middleton did not play well in the beginning. And he exploded later on in that game to get them some buckets. We saw Drew Holiday was not playing well. And he said, you know what, I'm going to stay persistent. I'm going to stay involved in this game. And he kept shooting. And guess what? It came back around and helped him out. It was a great video I saw where he's doing a practice shot of the in-and-out, dribble left, three, pull-up on the left wing, cash. The same thing he practiced, same place on the court, became the biggest shot of his career. I'm just happy for him, Chad. Let's hear your way. My opinion, and I wholeheartedly believe this, I believe Chris Milton is the number one offensive threat on that team. I think he's the better player. I think Giannis is just not it, man. I, I know he won two back-to-back MVPs, but he's, he just doesn't do it for me every game I watch. I, I, I just find myself yelling at the TV saying, this man sucks. The thing is, the thing is that um, Chris Middleton's allowed to operate because of Giannis. We're seeing that Giannis is the reason why he's getting ISO one-on-ones. You know, he's the reason why they're getting great looks. He's the reason why Drew Holiday is able to take advantage of smaller guards and defenders because Giannis takes up so much attention when it comes to the half-court offense. Um, so we've seen that. Aaron, let's hear it. Don't worry, Chad. I'm right there with you. Uh, I also watch games and yell, that guy sucks when I watch Jimmy Butler play. So we've all been there before. It's all good. That'll end this discussion. Let's do some sign-offs, man. I'll start off with you, Chad. Thanks for hopping on. Late notice coming on to talk some hoops, man. Uh, Anything you want to add on? Yeah, I'm glad I can uh, get my controversial opinions out there. Uh, Yeah, it it was always good. I love it. And then Aaron, thanks for hopping on quickly, uh, promptly in this, after the break. Man. Uh, anything you want to say before you sign off? Yeah, just uh, don't sleep on the Clippers. Don't sleep on Playoff P. It's going to be a great uh, great ending here. Very excited to see who gets their first ring. Yeah, I've been put into retirement. I put the absolute mortgage on the Nets finals future. Cam is in that same boat as me, so that's a perfect segue. Cam, how are you feeling after Kevin Durant will not be winning finals MVP and the Nets will not be winning the NBA championship? I mean, it is what it is. Injuries injuries took the Nets down. The only thing that could stop that team happened, so, you know, it is what it is. I'm not down that bad. I had a good week regardless, so, like, I mean, I'm not out of the game yet. Milwaukee opens up as an eight-point favorite against Atlanta in game one, if anybody's curious. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for that game yet, but, I mean, I still think the Bucs are going to take it all this year, so I'm excited to see how the rest of the playoffs play out. Yeah, we'll have some more short recaps happening as the playoffs go on, as we get deeper and deeper toward the road to the finals. Uh, just keep looking at the website, www.lockitorleaveit.org. Uh, we got a lot of people running our social media. We have the polls that we're doing now. Um, we're doing two teamers, three, not two teamers, two players, three players, four players, player props on prize picks. Uh, first day, the poll, you guys voted. You guys were right. We made money, so we did it again. All the uh, all the entries that we do are going to be shown to you. We're going to make sure that you guys see that we're putting our money where our mouth is, and uh, you guys join us because there's money to be made. But other than that, 
we will see you guys later. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Peace.